0: So, I'd like to add my welcome to Mitch's. Good morning. My name is Sherry Oxendale, and I'm the pastor of Discipleship and Care here, and I have the privilege of being your preacher this morning. So, every Sunday, 52 Sundays a year, we talk about this person that was born over 2,000 years ago, and thousands of years before that, his birth was predicted. The baby lived a human life, experiencing the highs and the lows that this world gives us. And he fulfilled that long predicted prophecy and would be called Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Wonderful Counselor, Prince of Peace. On the day he was born, though, his mom, Mary, and his dad, Joseph, gave him the name Jesus. So these past few weeks of Advent, we've been preparing and looking forward to the birth of Jesus, which is coming in a few short days. We've also been talking about some favorite Christmas movies, movies that not only entertain, but also reveal some truths about the lives we live today. The movies lift up some of the morals and values, patterns of behavior, some of the life stages we experience, and we're making connections between our modern life today In the life of a baby that was born over 2,000 years ago. A life that changed the world. This Sunday's movie is called It's a Wonderful Life. The movie has consistently ranked, even today, in the top 100 movies of all time. So if you have not watched It's a Wonderful Life, I suggest you watch it. there been no sequels to this movie. In fact, the first time it was proposed, the only time it was proposed, it was automatically shut down because its wonderful life stands on its own. It's a classic. It was a black-and-white movie made in 1946, long before my time and probably yours also. So even if you've never seen the movie, you're probably familiar with the phrase, every time a bell rings, an angel gets its wings. So that's where that saying originated. It's not great theology, <laughs> but it made a pretty good storyline. So the movie has been colorized three different times. So there's an option, you can watch it in the classic black and white, or you can watch it in color. For those of you who haven't seen the movie, the storyline is about George Bailey, who's pe- played by Jimmy Stewart. And George is a, good, a really good man who consistently puts the needs of others in front of his own needs. When George's father dies, And the responsibility of running the family business, the Bailey Building and Loan, becomes George's responsibility. He gives up all of his young adult life dreams. He gives up travel and adventure. He even gives up going to university to become an architect. The turning point in the movie comes when George's uncle, Billy, of course his name's Billy, um, happens to lose a large sum of money $8,000 keep in mind inflation there Um, just before the bank examiner is coming to audit the books so enter the villain Henry Potter yes Henry not Harry Potter it's Henry Potter and he's an evil banker who is determined to shut down this bank and loan because that's the competition so here's Georgia's reaction
1: Ah, oh, Merry Christmas! <laughs> Glad you come. <laughs> How about some of that good spaghetti? we got everything. <laughs>
0: not a praying man, but if you're up there and you can hear me. So George isn't the only one praying. Here it's Christmas time and he's not um, feeling the Christmas spirit. But there's people all over town that are pray- praying for George. And, but what ultimately happens is George feels that he has let everyone down. And he wishes he would, has never been born. And so he believes that his family and his friends would be better off without him. He'd, he'd be better off if he had never existed. So he decides to commit suicide. So, yeah, real cheery Christmas story, <laughs> huh? <laughs> so you really do have to watch it. I think everyone can relate to times in your life that you feel down. So he goes to the bridge And God's response is to send down Angel's second-class Clarence Oddbody. And so just before George is ready to jump off the bridge, what happens is the angel Clarence jumps off the bridge, which once again, George being the man he is, puts aside his own needs and jumps in to save Clarence. His um, character shows through. So Clarence talks with George and then decides to grant him his wish. He takes George on an excursion to see what the world would be like if he were never born. And George then gets to witness firsthand the differences that, that he has made in the lives of his family, the lives of his friends, and actually the entire town of Bedford Falls. When George sees this negative impact, um, he runs back to, to the bridge and he and he says Clarence Clarence I please I want my life back I want my life back I want to live his request is granted and there's this amazing reunion so George sprints down the sh- streets of Bedford Halls and he says hello to all these buildings that he had cursed before and he bursts into his home and and While he runs up the stairs, the broken knob falls off of the stairway because he's living in this home that, you know, he had cursed before and he runs up and he starts yelling for his children and his children and his wife all come and and give him hugs and kiss and are so happy that he has returned. Um, And it's not just the love from his family that he finds, because the whole community was out looking for George. They knew he was down. They knew what had happened. Word had traveled that, that the money and the funds had been lost and George didn't feel good. So while he's there with his wife and children, all of a sudden the community starts ushering in the door and they're bringing baskets and hands full of cash and they're bringing it in and they're dumping it on the table. And they're, and the, it accumulates with George's brother, Um, the one who got everything George wished that his life would have been. George's brother comes in from from New York to show his love and and support. So they're all there joyous. They have the $8,000. As it turns out, a bell rings, an angel gets its wings, and George understands it truly is a wonderful life. You know, it's only when we step back and see how God has had an influence through us and in us, when we see the bigger picture of the activity of God in our lives and the lives of others, that we realize that we do have a wonderful life. Your life has so much to offer God and so much to offer others. Today is the fourth Sunday of Advent and the candle we lit earlier represents love. Mitch's favorite candle. So have you heard the expression, love makes the world go round? How about God is love? Or they will know we are Christians by our love. So exactly how do we show Christian love? How do we show love that helps others experience God's love? In Romans 12, the writer Paul gives a really, really tall order for showing God's love to others. And I want to say that this list isn't intended for us to judge other people or to measure other people how well they're being Christians. This list is for self-examination and what we're doing in our lives. So I'm just going to read through it, and I'll allow you to think about yourself and your life. So we're starting with verse 9 in chapter 12 of Romans. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. So do you love sincerely and unconditionally? Do you show that by, by loving others and putting them before yourself? Not expecting anything in return, but just loving because God first loved us. Verses 11 through 13. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor. Serving the Lord, be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer, share with the Lord's people who are in need, practice hospitality. Do you use your energy and time to serve the Lord? Can you be joyful and hopeful and patient when everything seems to be falling apart? Are you faithful in prayer? And do you willingly share what you have with others? Verses 14 and 16, 14 through 16. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. Do you pray for others whom you have conflict with not that they would change necessarily but that they would see God in their lives are you empathetic to those around you are you able to be there for your friends not just in the happy times but in the low times too do you accept all people all people as a child of God or children of God and do you treat all people the same As a child of God. Verses 17 through 19. Do not repay anyone for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, it is mine to avenge. I will repay, says the Lord. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning holes on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Are you kind to everyone, even your enemies? Even when you're frustrated shopping or frustrated on a phone call, are you kind to that person? There is someone on the other end of that line. Do you leave the judging to God? So if you watched It's a Wonderful Life or if you watch it for the first time, you will notice that George's life, at least what we saw of it, really does pretty much fill this prescription for a way of life. Yet, that didn't give him a perfect life, or at least what he thought might be perfect, and it didn't stop bad things from happening to him. He didn't get to live his dream life. He didn't get to travel. He didn't get to go to college. He didn't even get to become an architect and build these amazing structures that were creative and wonderful that everybody could look at. That was his dream. He didn't have a fancy house and lots of money. And in one horrible, horrible day for him, a great sum of money that he was responsible for was lost. He got slugged in the face so hard that he ended up sprawled on a barroom floor. And to top it all off, he wrecks his car. So he goes to the bridge, and it's cold and it's snowy. The beauty of the movie, so the upside of the movie, is that he gets to see all the good of living a, a Christian life has done. George has a life that is filled with his love for others. He has a devoted wife who partnered with him to fix up a broken down house and made it a home. He has children who adore him. He has friends who pray for him and help him in the rough times. He has a brother who respects him and loves him. He lives in a town filled with people who are better off because of him. At the end of the movie, um, George's so-called enemies... So when he comes home, there are some people waiting for him. That would be the bank examiner, the sheriff, and a reporter. Those would be his so-called enemies. They're there to tell him he's going to jail and to audit his books and to take pictures so they could ruin his good name. But at the end of the movie, even his enemies walk up, take money out of their billfold, and put it on the table to help George out. It's a wonderful life. So we're six days from celebrating the birth of Jesus. We celebrate the birth of Jesus, his life, his death, and his resurrection, because it brings to our world hope, peace, joy, and yes, love. There's a song by Carrie Job and it's called Love Came Down. And it says, love came down and rescued me. Love came down and set me free. And we are all free because of this birth of this baby. The love that Carrie is singing about came down to earth in the form of a helpless baby boy. A baby who was born in a place where animals are kept. And its bed was a box where animal food was kept. Luke 2, 6 through 7. While Joseph and Mary were in Bethlehem, the time came for the baby to be born. And She gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. The announcement of Jesus' birth was not made to priests and kings and really important people. It was made to shepherds. Shepherds, those who stood on the bottom rung of the social ladder during that time. The announcement was made to to these shepherds, and this is what what it looked like. Luke 2, 8 through 9. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord, and this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace to those whom his favor rests. The story we often hear of Jesus' birth also includes the magi, sometimes called wise men or kings, that was the last banner we put up on the wall over here, the fourth Sunday in Ad- Advent, the fourth Sunday, the, shep- the kings are coming. Actually, the kings didn't visit until probably one or two years later, and by this time, Mary and Joseph were officially married. They were living in a house and intending to stay in Bethlehem for a while. And this is what happened. Matthew 2, 11. On coming to the house, the Magi, they saw the child with his mother Mary, And they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Jesus' birth was not ideal. It was in an unsanitary place. And not long after these kings came and gave him these gifts, they had to flee to Egypt. The whole family did. Because King Herod had decided he was going to find Jesus and kill him. Kill this baby. So not an ideal start to a life, even though we like to put lights with it, and glamorize it. So why do we celebrate this day? We celebrate Jesus' birth because it was the beginning of a life that would forever change the world. I actually started to outline the different events in Jesus' life to go along with what's a wonderful life, how he was baptized, tempted in the desert, performed miracles, made the lame walk, gave sight to the blind, walked on water, wept with a friend... was betrayed by another friend, suffered beatings, was nailed to a cross, was spit on, but gave a robber that was suffering next to him hope. A man who was buried but then rose because he was God and then walked on earth. But I quickly realized outlining Jesus' life was far more than one sermon could handle, and I am known for having too long of sermons. So... <laughs> So I will just quote John 21:25. Jesus did many other things as well. If every one of them were written down, I suppose that even the whole world would not have room for the books that would be written. God saved us by giving us his one and only son. Not just a sacrifice on a cross, not just the birth in the manger, but one of those who lived a human life a life that gives us an example to follow, a life filled with love of God and love of each other, a wonderful life. Jesus continues to change the world by changing lives one at a time, one person at a time. If you haven't accepted Jesus as your personal Savior, or you don't even understand what it means to accept Jesus as your personal Savior, I encourage you to talk to me, Pastor Mitch, Pastor Adam, or someone sitting next to you that knows what it means. You can even pick up a pamphlet, either for yourself or to give to someone. It's sitting on the care ministry doors. It's titled Steps to Peace with God. We anticipate Christmas and celebrate Jesus' birth big, big here in the United States, because that's the day that love came down to earth. We talk about Jesus every single Sunday because it is through him that we are given forgiveness and the promise of an eternal and wonderful life with our mighty God, everlasting Father, wonderful Counselor, and Prince of Peace. Amen.